0: You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, everyone. From San Francisco, I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Monday, October 19th, and it's game week. I'm very happy to be joined this evening by fellow South Stands contributor, Paige Van Horn, our man on the ground in Denver. PBH, what's the word out in Denver? Sunny and warm, buddy. As usual,
1: sunny and warm.
0: (laughs) Excellent. All right, buddy. Good to be with you this evening, as always. Yeah. Uh, Before we get started, I want to start with some... uh, Housekeeping items for our listeners, real quick. We have a new website. You can visit at southstandsosu.com. You can listen to all of our podcast episodes there and check out our new blog. I've actually written a few pieces for the blog already. Our good buddy sloner wrote a piece recently. He's actually really funny and thoughtful. You should check that out if you got some time. I'd also like to invite our listeners to head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast. We'd greatly appreciate your feedback. Also, give us a follow on Twitter at South underscore stands. That's South underscore stands. I'm on that damn thing all day long, posting new stuff and reposting stuff. So give us a follow there. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Finally, if you have any questions or feedback for us, you can send us an email at thesouthstandsosu at gmail.com. So at long last... The seemingly never-ending off-season for the Buckeyes is coming to a close, PVH. What a long trek through the desert that was. Man, I thought we would never get here. Ohio State yeah. will begin, yeah. you know. Ohio State's going to begin an 8-plus-1 regular season schedule starting this Saturday in the Horseshoe at noon Eastern against the Nebraska Cornhuskers According to espn.com, Ohio State is a 26 and a half point favorite. I believe that line's moved a little bit since it opened. The over under is 64 and a half. The game will be broadcast on Fox with Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt on the call. Now PBH a bit later on, I want to get your ConcernoMeter score. We're going to fire up the ConcernoMeter for this game as well right. as a score prediction, but before we go there, any high-level thoughts on this game you'd like to share?
1: Uh, we can get into the game. I think just, it, it doesn't even really feel real. Like we're in game week. Right. And I can't, how, how many people like texted that or tweeted that this morning. I think it's pretty comical just how <laughs> so many people out there have just been dying for a little Ohio state football distraction. Oh. So in, in some regards doesn't quite feel real. Uh, super mm-hmm. happy a tear. Um, Let's uh, hope you know, they can run this quick schedule without any COVID pauses and you
0: know, we get our buckeye fix for twenty twenty. Something something that I think we all need. Yeah, yeah. That that I definitely count me in that group. Actually, it is interesting. You may have just mentioned Ohio State's toughest opponent on this eight plus one schedule, which is COVID. I, I don't know that anybody yeah. any other team on that schedule, any other group entity, whatever you want to call it on that schedule really poses a real threat to Ohio State. COVID, however, does just in terms of them getting through the schedule completely unscathed without any cancellations. You know, I thought it was interesting today, Ohio State announced the Ohio State capacity for games this season, 1,600 people, which includes both teams and parents and family and that sort of thing, 1,600 people. It's going to be really weird, you know, looking those, those shots when they pan back in the field and seeing those empty stands. That is interesting. I, I didn't hear that. So that that's a
1: Mike DeWine governor decision then, right? I mean, I guess it's state by state and governor by governor.
0: I, I think so. Well, the Big Ten had announced that it was not going to have fans at these games. Now, when I talked to Gallagher four weeks ago, we both kind of felt like maybe that's something they might relax as the season goes along. So we'll see. I don't know, I guess, but I, the numbers yeah. across the country are going up. So. I'm not sure. I know Ohio State has also really committed itself. The athletic department, Gene Smith, they're out there really discouraging people from having watch parties as well. They don't don't want watch parties to turn into super spreader events. I mean, obviously, they don't have any control over that, but they're just trying to send the message for people to be responsible and that sort of thing. So we'll see how it goes. Obviously, the backdrop of this season is unlike anything you and I have ever experienced before. We're obviously hoping for the best. The Buckeyes are 7-1 and all-time against the Huskers, 5-1 and one since Nebraska joined the Big Ten. Ohio State has won the last five, including a 48-7 demolition of the Huskers in Lincoln last season. And the game really didn't even feel that close to me. I don't know how you felt about that. To me, it felt like that they could have scored 60-70 that night if they wanted. Nebraska's only win in this series came in 2011, also in Lincoln. And that was against interim head coach Luke Fickle. Ohio State went into that game reeling from that tattoos for memorabilia scandal, which forced the resignation of head coach Jim Tressel, the departure of star quarterback Terrell Pryor, the suspensions of several other key players. Ohio State jumped out to a 27-6 third quarter lead in that game until freshman quarterback Braxton Miller had to leave the game with an ankle injury, and that allowed the Huskers to get back into the game and eventually win it 34-27. Now, since that game, Ohio State is 5-0 against the Huskers, averaging 53 points a game against the Blackshirts, winning by an average margin of 34. I mean, it has not been competitive at all for the most part over those, those five games. It's been kind of a name-your-score affair for Ohio State. Now, after a strong finish to the 2018 season, Scott Frost, Cornhuskers were the kind of the chic pick to win the Big Ten West in 2019, but instead, Nebraska crumbled under the weight of expectations, finishing a disappointing 5-7 and seven and 5th place in the Big 10 West. Now, according to Phil Steele, the Huskers returned 15 starters, 10 on offense, 5 on defense. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Quarterback Adrian Martinez returns, however, reports out of Lincoln are that redshirt freshman Luke McCaffrey, that's right, if you recognize that name, that's from the renowned football McCaffrey family from your neck of the woods, right, Paige? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now he's the younger brother of Christian and Dylan. So Luke is pushing Adrian Martinez for the starting job. Those are the reports out of fall camp. In fact, Mitch Sherman, who covers Nebraska for The Athletic, wrote just a few days ago that Martinez and McCaffrey are options 1A and 1B at quarterback. And he said, not necessarily in that order. So to me, that says both of these kids are going to play on Saturday.
1: So wait a minute. Is this the kid that transferred from Michigan, or no?
0: No, that's or that's Dylan's brother. That's Dylan, also an older brother of his. And actually, he uh, Dylan has not yet picked a transfer destination, as I understand it. Oh, so, yeah, this okay. is this hmm. is a younger brother. I, I don't know how many of these kids, <laughs> McCaffrey kids, there are. It just seems like there's an <laughs> army of these like great football players out of that yeah. family. Yeah, uh, you know. He's a good Catholic boy, so they're pumping him out. (laughs) So we also know that Nebraska's leading rusher, Diedrich Mills, who ran for 745 yards and 10 touchdowns last season, averaged about five yards a carry. He's solid, not spectacular, but we know that Mills returns, as well as versatile sophomore receiver, H-back Wandale Robinson. Robinson caught 40 balls for 453 yards last year and two touchdowns. Now, they lost their leading receiver, J.D. Spielman, who had been there for a couple of years. And then actually, I think he caught a long touchdown a few years ago against Ohio State. Now He transferred to TCU this offseason. So I don't know, not not a lot to really scare you on offense. It is intriguing, I think, This the quarterback situation. I, not a lot is known about mm-hmm. McCaffrey at, at this level. So it'll be interesting to see which way that goes. To me, it could go one of two ways, right? It could either really work in Nebraska's favor uh, or it could be a total disaster. <laughs> You're rolling a redshirt freshman out there in his first action against a, a top five Ohio State team in the shoe. We'll see. Defensively, I can't really say what Nebraska returns on defense. I'm not expecting much. We don't have a lot of time to do a deep dive into what Nebraska brings into this game, but if you want more detail on that, I invite you to check out the 4 to 6 with A&B podcast with Bill Landis and Ari Wasserman on The Athletic. They did a pod with Nebraska beat writer Mitch Sherman that was pretty illuminating. They they really dive deep into this matchup, so I invite our listeners to go check that out. We just don't have the time to really dig into what Nebraska is. All right, Paige. So, given all of that, why don't you give me your thoughts on the game and a concernometer score?
1: Yeah the big the big question is is Martin or is McCaffrey that good or is Martinez that bad? Yeah, that's the that's the question you have to be asking yourself if you're a Nebraska fan. Um, rolling out a redshirt freshman uh first game of the season limited spring uh limited fall and oh by the way it's against the highest date that (laughs) probably just reeks of pure fucking desperation (laughs) by scott Ross. yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um and it also probably you know maybe reeks like uh i need to just start to move on from martinez i mean you know i mean he has glimpses right i mean Mm -hmm. he's super duper athletic. Um, but, you know, how long are you going to roll with that guy? And even though Frost got a gigantic contract extension, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, he's got to start to produce a little bit. So I'm going to say that is, that is a very bad sign for Nebraska. Uh-huh. So with that, I'm actually going to go negative on my concernometer meter and <laughs> fall about a negative three here. Um, okay. I just i just don't even see how this is going to be close i think uh i i don't think nebraska can match up with us to begin with and then all of the last whatever god who knows how many nine months of fury by (laughs) ohio state and ryan day coming off that clemson game Uh i mean this could be really bad it could be really bad
0: yeah i i could see that yeah i i've been weighing that that variable, the, the quarterback variable, whether it could turn out to be a, kind of an accidental advantage for Nebraska, bringing in a kid, not a lot of film on him. It's certainly at the college level. And maybe that 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 they're able to do some things offensively against an Ohio State defense and let's face it, there's a lot of new faces on that defense. So maybe there is some some yards or points to be had maybe early on that keeps the game a little close. The one thing I'm looking at this through the lens of what Ohio State is bringing into this game and what the situation has been for Ohio State. Of course, you know they they had the no spring and facing all the same disadvantages in terms of what COVID has presented as Nebraska. I am a little concerned about the news coming out of fall camp in Columbus about the defensive tackle position. We were hoping that Teron Vincent. And Haskell Garrett would both be ready to go. Now, Teron Vincent had a season-ending shoulder injury last year, and he's still recovering that. It's been reported, and he's not quite ready to go. Haskell Garrett had that very scary situation this offseason where he got shot in the face, and he's still healing from the gunshot wound. Now, those two factored in to be the, probably the number one and number two at the three technique. Doesn't sound like either of those two guys are going to be available. So, High State's running out of capable bodies in the interior of the defensive line. So it concerns me a little bit. I don't want to exaggerate, especially in this particular matchup. Next week against Penn State, I might, I might be a little bit more concerned. The other thing is that there are a lot of new faces in the secondary. So could there be a situation where Ohio State comes in against a Nebraska defense that might be grasping at straws right now, as you say, maybe a little desperate for for production at quarterback to get, to get things going offensively. But Ohio State is coming into this game with some key guys, key projected starters who haven't played a ton. The first is Marcus Hooker. Reports out of fall campus, Marcus Hooker has won the free safety job. He's going to be the starting safety. A lot of outlets have reported that. Now, Hooker played something like 81 snaps last year. I'm sure he's very talented. We know he's got the pedigree, right? His brother was a, an amazing yeah. uh, safety All-American back in 2016 but we're talking about the starting free safety with 81 snaps last year under his belt. The other interesting news is the player that has emerged at that all important slot corner. So the third starting cornerback position is Marcus Williamson. Now Williamson also played only about 85 snaps last year. He's a little undersized, 5 foot 9. Now he's been with the program a while, he's a senior. But hasn't played a ton. And we're asking him now to play starter level snaps. And then, of course, we know on the outside, we got seven Banks and Cam Brown will be stepping in there playing along with Sean Wade. Now, Banks and Brown saw a lot more action last year. Brown was actually kind of the, the third outside corner. So I feel better about those guys. Maybe I'm just trying to make this discussion interesting, but there there is some youth and inexperience experience in that defense. You know, there's not going to be any Chase Young there. Malik Harrison was another guy that created a lot of explosive plays for them. So a lot of new faces on that defense. I'm setting the concernometer at three. That's where I had it the last time you and I talked about this matchup. I also did a a piece for the site. Having a peek at each of Ohio State's 2020 opponents, I gave a concernometer score for each, and in that I I had Nebraska at, at three. I'm going to keep them at a three. With maybe I would not be surprised if maybe Nebraska is able to move the ball and score some points early, and maybe uh, maybe force us to the refrigerator for you know an extra couple of beers before <laughs> halftime. Uh, we'll, we'll see. What are your thoughts well, yeah, on that I stuff? I mean, and, come on, if you. It-
1: if you weren't worried about something what would you be doing <laughs> right you're always you're gonna find something to be all ohio state fans need to be worried about something oh right exactly um and <laughs> you know we can we can nitpick this thing to death i mean everything that you said i think are valid points i just don't think they're valid points against nebraska yeah fair um enough. uh you know and and then the other thing so, let's go back to the concernometer just to refresh uh, everybody's memory. So, a 3, that wouldn't mean like you think Nebraska could cuz I find that absurdly high, to be <laughs> honest with you. Like, does that mean 3 out of 10 times you
0: think Nebraska could win this game? Well, I don't know if it's that scientific. You know, I'm not a am not a mathematical guy. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I'm just going to give you some grief because I think that's a little high. <laughs> you think it's a little game. high? Okay, I mean, fair I enough. Need, I need to t- I, I need to talk you off the ledge a little bit. I mean, on what universe is Nebraska going to to win this game? That doesn't mean they can't put up some points. Yeah, maybe you know, sur- you know, surprise us with a few things. But I mean,
0: well, I well, just, I tell you what, the last time, know. last time they visited Columbus, 2018. That was they led the game at halftime. That was a thirty-six to thirty-one Ohio State win. Now we remember that Ohio State defense had a lot of issues. They really couldn't run the ball that year. They didn't. They weren't really great on the offensive line, and they weren't a very mm-hmm. potent running team. So they were a flawed team. Allowed Nebraska to hang around. Now Martinez had a great game uh, in that particular game. Actually, that's really kind of what propelled him, and what what, you know, what made Nebraska kind of the chic pick to to win the West the following season was how he performed in that game. I don't think it's outlandish that Nebraska comes in. And do I think Ohio State could lose the game? Might no, I I don't. I'm not worried about that. That's not what it, that's not what it, you know, it's gonna keep me up at night. Do I think they could make it competitive? Because Frost is a good coach. He does have some skill guys. They're not spectacular, right? We're not talking about, you know, Alabama or Clemson here, but they've got some guys that can do some things, especially if this young McCaffrey comes in there and they don't really know what he can do. And you've got a lot of new faces on that defense. I would not be surprised if Nebraska can put up some early offense and maybe it takes a little time Ohio state, a little rusty, right? You know, they they've, they've got what, just a handful of, I don't want to say a handful, but a few weeks of contact practices under their belt. If there's a time where you could maybe catch Ohio state, right. Where you could, you, know, you could catch them, maybe not at their peak. It would be this week. Because we know anything that they don't do well on Saturday, they're going to go back into the lab and they're going to have that shit straightened out and fixed and and you know running at peak efficiency. So I would not be surprised if this is a closer game early on than than we than we expect. I don't know where does that land with you. Do you still think I'm being a worry worrywart about this, or what do you think?
1: No, I mean it, it's possible. I just don't think it's likely. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, yeah, all those things are possible. I, you know, again, I, you know, a shortened season, I just, I I just think uh, they're going to be very focused and, you know, there's no margin Mm -hmm. for error Mm -hmm. to run this gauntlet Mm -hmm. with COVID. I think they need to look impressive from the get go. Um, I wish the game wasn't at noon, but uh, for whatever reason, that must draw a big rating because with me, you just make a high state prime time every single weekend. Right. So, you know, maybe it's 30 and, you know, sleeting in Columbus. I didn't really check the weather. That's right. a possibility. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, it's, sure, it's possible. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. But what I do think that you did kind of talk me into is perhaps the over on this game. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I haven't looked at it. The line is definitely moved up, right? I think you said it
0: Yeah. 20 26, through, 26. I think it opened
1: at 21.
0: Yeah, the over the over under 64 and a half.
1: Shit, I like I almost like a high state just as the over
0: in this game. Yeah. (laughs) Well, hey, they've gone over sixty, I think, like three different times since Nebraska against Nebraska since they came they came into the conference. Well, the other thing, I the other thought I had is maybe it won't even matter. Maybe they'll have some kinks to work out on defense. But I'm really interested to see is what. What level is Justin Fields going to be at with those receivers? Justin Fields and Chris Olave, in particular. You want to talk about a quarterback-receiver duo that got a lot to prove, a big chip on their shoulder after the way you know their season ended last year. I'm really interested to see how many notches up this offense is, especially in the passing game from last season. you got a veteran offensive line, a great, talented quarterback who – I expect has taken a leap, several leaps or two since last season. That passing game, I think is going to be a sight to behold. And I even think they're going to be really good in the run game. I really do. I think, I think Ryan Day wants to be able to impose. He First of all, he knows he needs a potent running game to be a championship level team. I think he wants a running game that is going to be able to impose its will against opposing defenses. He knows that's important. And I think they got the guys to do it. I know, I, you know, I I I think uh, Trey Sermon is going to have a hell of a year. I think Master Teague is going to be is going to be very good for them. I know they're not J.K. Dobbins, but I still think they're going to be very potent in the run game. So it might not even matter on Saturday what the defense looks like. And maybe again, maybe a, my my therapist likes to say I'm a catastrophizer, right? So so maybe this is just me being a catastrophizer.
1: <laughs> it is. And, well, so so actually, if you if you think about that. Um, you know, you want to see where where field is. Imagine what Ryan Day has been thinking for the last six months, just scheming and devising plays Mm -hmm. for this offense. And by the way, it could be the greatest. This is not hyperbole. Just, I mean, it could be the greatest offense in the history of Ohio State. Because what if Trey Sermon, you know, is 80% J.K. Dobbins? The whole offensive line is back. Bigger, stronger, faster. Those guys are beasts. So you have Justin Fields. Okay. You could say, you know, we haven't really ever seen a quarterback like him, maybe Terrell Pryor. And right. then you sprinkle in those receivers. I mean, the possibilities for this offense are truly just unlimited. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, very curious to see what kind of game Ryan Day calls, what things he has up his sleeve. Probably won't show you everything he needs to against Nebraska, but over the course of these, uh, you know, eight to nine games, it'd be fascinating to see just really what level that this offense can get to. And then, you know, you know, and it's like coming off the 2018 defense, say, look, you don't have to be a top five defense, even though you're high estate and you should be. Those don't be the 70th ranked defense right. in, in the country, what they were. Uh-huh. And if this defense can just be top 25, I mean, look out. It's going to be really fun to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question about fields. I, would you agree with me after what happened last year in the Penn State game and the knee injury and the impact that it ultimately had on, on their title hopes? Would you agree with me that while they can't put reins on fields, they do have to be careful about how often they run him? Wouldn't you think?
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think there there should be some type of rule for the offensive line. Like every time he gets hit, they all have to do like 10 – extra pushups <laughs> in practice. I mean, yeah. he keeps that guy upright. I mean, uh-huh. he was clearly nicked up, yeah. clearly affected the game plan, you know, coming down the stretch, especially oh, yeah? against Clemson. Oh, huge. Um, I, I mean, you know, I, it, I would say you, you don't call any, you know, straight quarterback runs, you scramble. And, you know, if it presents itself, take what's there, go down, slide, get hit or just do not get hit that that has got to be the game plan
0: i agree i agree i would think that if i were ryan day i would really limit his carries to maybe just the red zone and and by the way i I agree with you and and so does bill landis when we talked to bill back in early july he, he said that if justin fields were healthy in that clemson game they win because they would score on those red zone trips not having him as the threat yeah. of a runner on that inside zone read really limited to them in, in what they could do in the red zone. And that really was a huge advantage for Clemson. So yeah, I mean, I would even go so far as to say until I get inside the 25 yard line, mean, that 15 yard line, I, I wouldn't run him at all. There's there's no reason for it. You've got two very capable backs, you've got a bevy of receivers, you have probably even some other guys you can get you can get to carry the ball from that receiving group, right? A little, little one of those little pop passes to an H back Ooh, okay. or something, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, and that's why I kind of go back to Ryan Day. Like, he's just got to sit there. and I mean, you could think of 10 plays just to design specifically for Sloaner's, you know, triple distilled smooth Jameson, you know, like <laughs> on right. ender rounds. It's just yeah. constant. You only know, come up with things. I mean, the amount of weapons that you have at your disposal, um, you know, it, and and maybe you, you save it because you end up in that one or two You know situations or games, and there's a dogfight, and you gotta, you gotta, you know, do some RPOs and some fields runs. But until you're absolutely forced to do it, no freaking way.
0: Yeah. All right. So give me one player you're looking forward to. What? Not outside of fields, right? I know I always say outside of the obvious, right? But what I'm really intrigued in is some of these new faces. Maybe some of these players we haven't talked a ton about. But who are you most looking forward to watching on Saturday?
1: Uh that's a good question. I think maybe uh well sermon's gonna be interesting, right? Um mm-hmm. just trying to replace Dobbins. But you know, maybe the, the fun guy, I'm I'm on the Sloaner bandwagon with uh with Jamison Williams with jameson Williamson yeah. or Williams? Jameson Williams. I yeah. guess if he's my guy, I should know his name. Right? That be <laughs> <a prerequisite. laughs> yeah.
0: Well he has that tantalizing Breakaway speed, that acceleration and speed, where he looks shot out of out of a cannon, like Ted Ginn did or or Paris Campbell. It, he's the type of player that's a threat to score from anywhere on the field. You know, he can turn a ten yard curl into a, a sixty yard touchdown. He's one of the guys I'm looking forward to as well. I like that pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Chris Olave. I, I feel like. He's the one guy that has really been carrying an extra burden this offseason after the way the mm. Fiesta Bowl yep. ended. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what, what kind of season he's going he's gonna to put out. Now, I know you know they've got other receivers. Maybe his, his touches will be limited. But I think he's going to be your go-to guy as a receiver in this offense. I think they're going to look to him a lot. I think he's going to be Field's favorite target. And I can't wait to see what kind of new chemistry those two have established.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there's a guy out there that's had a long haul between that that Clemson game and you know Justin Fields, Ryan Day, and Chris Olave, those are the three dudes. I mean, oh, the whole team, obviously, but yeah. those guys more than anybody.
0: So look, I know you're t- I know you're pressed for time here, buddy. But uh, before I get a score prediction from you, I want to get I want to go to the other side of the ball. Is there one player on the other side of the ball that you're anxious to, to watch on Saturday?
1: I'll go with Brown. I think, uh, you know, they talk about him having game-breaking speed in the corner position. Right. So, you know, there that's that's where we're going to have to replace some, some shoes. Although, I guess, you know, I, that comes out of my mouth and then I think, oh, yeah, we don't have Chase Young this year. <laughs> uh, but I'd say Cam Brown on the defensive side. Cam sure. Brown.
0: Okay, good. So, I was listening to the 4 to 6 with A&B podcast with – with Bill Landis and Ari Wasserman last week, and they were breaking down the linebackers. And one thing they said that got me all hot and bothered was Taraja Mitchell, they think, is ready to emerge at middle linebacker and is more than likely going to be splitting snaps with Tuff Borland. And I've been a big Mitchell fan or really hoping, rooting for him to emerge. He was a top 50 prospect in the 2018 class. He was, I, I believe, the number two inside linebacker prospect in the country. I know he's probably you know, chomping at the bit. He's been patient and wait a long time. Fans have been waiting for him. I'm really interested to see what kind of a role Mitchell is going to play on Saturday and going forward because I do think, without picking out any individual names here, I do think the linebackers as a group, as a unit, have to find another level this season for Ohio State to meet all their goals. So I'm looking forward to that one. All right, PBH, let me, let me move over to you. Give me your final score prediction for this one.
1: Well, before we do that, I'm going to go on record saying I'm going all positive all year on the linebacker <laughs> core.
0: I'm uh, not. Are you okay? All right. It, I'm going to hold you to that, buddy. I'm there, going to hold.
1: <laughs> yeah. There, there's no more Borland bashing and Werner's too small. And, um, it, it's just going to be positive thoughts with the linebackers. They're going to, they're going to execute. They're going to be just fine this year. All right. Until they, you know. Until they're not the end of the season. So yeah, you can definitely hold hold me to that. All right, man. Fair <laughs> Jesus, enough. Fair I enough. hope I hope you're right about Mitchell. Right? You need to yeah. be right about Mitchell. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, um. Well, so uh, you know, I had a number in my head before we got on, but you kind of talked me into maybe a few more points for Nebraska. All right. Um. So I, I, I'm I'm going to end up somewhere around. Oh here. I'm going to say
0: 54 to 17. Buckeyes. 54-17. And I had a score in my head yep. and you talked me into actually bumping up Ohio State's point total. I, I was going to say 45-24, but I'm going to go 52-24 Ohio State. I do think maybe it takes a quarter or two for that defense to kind of get adjusted. And maybe they give up some early yards and points to, to Nebraska and a, and a good coach in Scott Frost. But fifty-two, twenty-four, Buckeyes. Hey, real quick, we got Michigan opening up. I believe in Minneapolis against Minnesota. Who do you like? In Is that, that Friday game? night? I believe so. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna look this up right now.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be a great game. I, uh, I'm very excited for that. In fact, it's really the first. A sporting event i've been excited for since the clemson game let me pull um, that
0: up real quick so this is i
1: think michigan is actually favored by two
0: three and a and half it, is it, the line according to espn three and a half is the line this is a four thirty p.m abc kick it is actually going to be played on saturday saturday night but it's going to be okay. um you know abc's primetime game number 18 michigan against number 21 minnesota michigan three and a half point favor in that game who do you like in that one
1: Oh, I definitely like Minnesota in that game. Yeah, I think me too. Um, I think Michigan could be looking at a three and five season. And that game is the harbinger of, of that prediction. So yeah. if they blow that game, I think the wheels come off the season. Yep, yep. I'm with Sorry you. about the dog.
0: No, no, no. It's okay. I'm with you. All right. So uh, I like Minnesota over Michigan as well. Just too many losses. There are four or five starters on the offensive line, a brand new quarterback. You, you lost all those playmakers at wide receiver. Your defense, top three tacklers on defense, your top pass rusher, your top corner, all gone. Just too much for Michigan to replace You're a, a – you're, you're facing a very good Minnesota team who's going to be motivated. And that game is in TCF Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. I like, I like the Gophers. Okay, one more real quick before I let you go. This is an interesting matchup. This is a 12-30 kick on FS1. Penn State visits Indiana. Indiana, Mm. interesting team. Michael Penix Jr. is a team coming off, Indiana coming off its best season since 1993, playing with a lot of confidence. Good dynamic quarterback. They can play defense a little bit. Penn State, no Micah Parsons. Who do you like in that game? It's a Penn State, by the way, six and a half point favorite in that one. Who's
1: (laughs) their, who's Penn State's quarterback? Um, Is it like a second year starter or
0: third year starter? It's Sean Clifford.
1: Yeah, he just didn't impress me that much last year. So, um, hell, I'll roll, with, uh, I'll roll with the Hoosiers on this game for the upset. Yeah. Straight up.
0: I, I'm going to take Penn State in a close one. Very close. I would not be surprised, though, if Indiana pulls it off. But I think I like that Journey Brown, that running back for Penn State. I think he's a good back. I, I think they'll still be pretty good on defense. They, guys, they still have Pat, Pat Fryer move, that really good tight end. But Penn State by a hair in that game. I like that my one. Hair. Yeah. Good slate. A pretty, pretty well, good big 10 slate for the opening uh, week, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let's just be honest. We want Penn State to win that game. We oh, just yeah. want them one and know when we head into happy Valley, uh, what's
0: Penn State ranked right now? So I believe they're ranked somewhere in the top 10. I actually just closed out my browser somewhere. I think like, oh, yeah, that high. Yeah, they're top ten. Wow. Uh, in the AP poll, they're number eight, and in the coaches poll, they're seven. Huh? But who knows? Well,
1: this is exciting. We have uh Those are three three intriguing games. So, yeah.
0: hallelujah! Hallelujah! The balls back. <laughs> yeah, pace yourself on Saturday, <laughs> my friend so yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, gone gone are the
1: days where i start drinking at 10 a.m not 25 anymore <laughs> yeah you and me as much ball. as i want to
0: <laughs> all right buddy well hey listen i know you got to bounce thanks so much for making the time and we will connect again on sunday to recap ohio state nebraska you got it all right pal have a good night All right, my man good all talking right. with good you, talking man. with you yeah. buddy later been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.